Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. We got week one trade targets this week. Let's do it. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What is poppin' fantasy champs? There's football tomorrow. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I've been waiting. You know what I'm so mad about, too? I was telling you about this uh, earlier this week. Um, <laughs> I said I wanted to draft Clyde in our home league, so I I would be... I mean, I'm obviously still excited about the uh-huh. Thursday night football game, but I want to see my team perform. So I feel like my season doesn't start till Sunday, and I wasn't able to get Clyde, so now I can't sit there and watch Clyde play. I, I mean, almost I will. Trade. I will watch Clyde play because I'm ready for it. Right. See, I just want to watch football, so it doesn't matter too much to me. But I'm with you on the same boat. I almost didn't trade Travis Kelsey in our home league because I just wanted to watch him play. You want play. to see how your team performed. I, ju- I literally just wanted to root for somebody on Thursday. I still yeah. will, though, because I have other leagues. Yeah. They're not in our home league, but yeah. So I'm funny. He literally dirtbag drafted Tom Brady so he could watch the Bucks. I did. <laughs> Idiot. And I don't regret it. He doesn't whatsoever. regret it whatsoever. That's the sadder part. Um, so let's jump. We have week one trade targets. We're going to do, um, we're going to give you some players that we're buying, um, going into week one, uh, for, you know, a, a various amount of reasons. And then we're going to have, we're going to give you players. We'll still probably start with the cells, but we're going to give you three players that you should sell. And then a small Thursday night football preview, um, jumping in. This is crazy. I feel like, I feel like this isn't happening. It is. It's been a long it's year. Has been, yeah. And I'm glad that football is here and nothing at this point is going to stop it. So uh, before we get into our week one trade targets, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at the FF Champs on Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. Like us at Facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, be sure to leave a review, subscribe, and uh, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, Subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and leave a comment down below who your uh, favorite sell high and buy low candidates are. Um, so let's jump right into this sell high, buy low conversation. So let's do it. we're going to start with the sell highs and then we'll go to the buy lows. Now that I decided right now what that's going to be. Um, so the first one on our list is Leonard Fournette. Um, yep. and I, I said on our last show, we would talk about Leonard Fournette on this podcast. I made some promises. I will keep those promises. Um, uh, just a small breakdown before we get into the details of why Leonard Fournette is a sell high. Um, Leonard Fournette was cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars, which ch- completely changed his value. Um, he was cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars and, uh, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one year, $2 million contract. Um, making him pre- the presumed starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Rojo is still there, obviously. There's a lot of different stuff that goes along with Leonard Fournette that I think a lot of people aren't really considering. But with that being said, how much opportunity do you think Leonard Fournette is going to get in this offense before we get started on why he's a sell high? Um, 
Well, this is partly why he is a sell high because I I think he's going to get a decent amount. I think he's going to get I think he's going to get more than I think you do. Um, mm-hmm. But especially early on, I do think they're going to ease him into it. And you know, Bruce Arians right. has said four days four days ago or four or five days ago he did say Ronald Jones is the starter of this team. He's mm-hmm. going to start. Right, right, right. Um, they also said LaShawn McCoy is still going to play a role in the offense as mm-hmm. well. So they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn as well. Like they have running backs on the roster that they do plan on using. Yeah. Um, I do think Fournette, as the season goes on, mm-hmm. is going to be the best running back on the team. So he's going to get a majority of the work. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they're going to use an RBVC, and it's yeah. especially early on. It's gross. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll be gross. <laughs> um, for me, I, I think personally, uh, I believe I tweeted this. I'm not sure, but looking at last year and how you know, because obviously we know the Bucks are going to throw 600 times and all that stuff. Um, looking at Fournette and I mean, looking at uh, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones from last year, it was 150 something for Peyton Barber and 176 for Ronald Jones. I think you could see a situation where Ronald Jones gets 160 to 170 rushes. And Leonard Fournette gets 180 to 190 rushes on the season. Um, I think they split the pass catching work um, overall, uh, mm-hmm. and so I I feel like they they cut Daragumbawale right. They did. They waived. Him. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, for, but for Fournette, I think it's just going to be a clean split between those two guys. I think Keyshawn Vaughn will either be redshirted, like you said, or he's just going to sit in the third spot uh, for a yeah, majority he's of the season. Going to be redshirted, I think. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like that's the big situation with Fournette is that he's not going to get the work. He's not going to get the opportunity that you would expect him to in, in an offense. And, and I'm not saying this because you, you called me a Bucks hater, um, but I'm not saying this because I hate the Bucks. I'm honestly saying this because I want you to have success in your fantasy leagues. Um, do yeah. not buy Leonard Fournette. Do not run out and try to get him on your fantasy team. I fought I fought it. I even I did. You put him on the trade block. I DM'd you and I was like, what do you want for him? Yeah, I it was it. like I, you're like never mind. I was interested, but I I think that's the, the the biggest thing for Fournette is that I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity. He wasn't efficient last year, and I think la, the, last year obviously he was in a trashy offense that couldn't move the ball and um, one of the worst offenses in the league. And I think that had an effect on Leonard Fournette's efficiency, but he's never really been an efficient running back in the NFL. If you look at his yards per carry totals, you look at his, uh, you know, the metrics that I talk about in player profile, or you can look it up yourself, but the metrics that you get for Leonard Fournette in terms of what he can control, not what his offensive line controls. So that's broken tackles, juke rate, all that stuff. He does not have success in a majority of those categories. So he's not efficient because his offensive line sucks. He's, he's just not efficient because he hasn't been good. So I think he's going to be more efficient in this Bucks offense because it is a good offense and he's going to get opportunity in it. But I don't think the efficiency is going to line up for Fournette in a match of production for this year. You know what I mean? And it's because he's not going to get, I mean, I think there is a world and this is a very, I would give it a half percent or maybe a 1% chance of happening, but there is a world where Ronald Jones just crawls in a hole and never comes out. And Leonard Fournette gets 250, 260 rushes. And, you know, I looked at, I looked at every year for the last six or or, uh, not the last six, but every year that uh, Bruce Arians coached the, um, 
the Arizona Cardinals. I was about to say St. Louis Cardinals. We ain't talking about baseball. Oh, man. The Arizona Cardinals. Um, when he coached the Cardinals, he really went with an RBBC for the majority of his time there um, outside of the year that David Johnson broke out. And I think a majority of the time he was there, it was David Johnson being hurt or not having a running back in general. So, mm-hmm. but the one year that he used a, a workhorse, it was um, David Johnson getting 270 plus touches on the ground of like 50, 60 touches through the air. So he was over 300 touches. If Fournette gets 300 touches in this offense, he's a top seven running back easily. I just don't know if the opportunity is going to be there. So, and I'm not willing to take the risk on it. Um, he has fallen a little bit in drafts. Um, so I don't think it's a bad place to take him in the fifth, sixth round as a flyer pick, but sure. Um, but for me, I think more specifically, the reason why he's a sell high, cause you know, we got to get to the next player, but the reason why he's a sell high for me. And by the way, we will not talk about these players for this long. <laughs> it's just because Leonard Fournette was, is on a new team and we need to react to it. Uh-huh. is why we're talking so long about Fournette. But anyway, so the reason why Fournette is a sell high is because he's not going to get the opportunity. I think that a lot of people like yourself are really hyped up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right or wrong, good or bad, everyone has a thought on the Bucs and most of them are good. I yeah. have my opinions on the Bucs. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think they are. That's just me. It doesn't really like to me, obviously, I, I get like we say here when we talk on this podcast about our opinions. So I will share that. I don't think the Bucks are going to be as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. But I still think they're they're going to be a top 10 offense like they have Tom Brady. They have a really good receiving core. They have good tight ends. Sure, they have good yeah. running backs now, like offensive lines. OK, so it's like I think they're going to be pretty decent this year. Yeah. It would be stupid to say they're not going to finish top 15 at least. But right. I just. You know, I think that I'm, I'm a little down, as you said, I'm a Bucks hater, but I'm a little down on the Bucks more than other people would be. But I think just because of the offense, people are just going to buy the pieces. They're going to buy Gronk. They're going to buy, they're going to yeah. buy, um, um, I, it's not in Joku, it's um, OJ Howard. I put those people in the OJ same, Howard, those yeah. two guys in the same box every time. But anyway, they have, they're going to buy Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, everyone in that offense. The more players that get added to that offense that are talented, the less opportunity the other players get. So I feel like Leonard Fournette isn't going to get the opportunity that people think. The reason why I would sell him high is because I think a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know where Fournette's going to go. I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity. Goes to the Bucs and they're like, here we go. Let's go saddle up. I want some Leonard Fournette. This is your opportunity to trade him to get really good value back before week one where he completely poops himself and ends up not being really good. Rick, I want you to tell everyone the trade that you pulled, you pulled off this week with Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I mean, I, so for anyone who, well, well first I'll, I guess I'll say the trade. Um, I, I <laughs> you were going to defend Fournette. the trade for the other guy again, weren't you? Well, because I, I, tra- I traded Leonard Fournette, Travis Kelsey. Okay. He's got yeah. a lot of trade value. Yes, I agree. Um, Leonard Fournette, Travis Kelsey, and I think Devontae Parker mm-hmm. uh, for Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup, and Noah Fox. Which you thought was in That's absolute. a lot. That's a lot. You you fleeced them. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is a lot. I'll give you that. But what he got back, it's a it's a straight fleece. I mean, he gave up a potential top seven running back automatic 300 opportunities for a running back that might not even reach 200 opportunities this year. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's just not, that's a it bad. Depends trade. how good Fournette is. Cause if he's oh, if Fournette's ridiculous, 
then it's a good trade for either side, whatever you want to say. But I think right now, based on what we're talking about, but those are the type of trades that I'm talking so, about. Right. People yeah, are willing so to sell Fournette or buy, I should say, people are willing to buy Fournette because he's now on the Buccaneers and they're not looking who, at the situation. Right. Anybody who believes in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer hype right now, that's who I would target um, trying to trade Fournette Buccaneers to. Buccaneers fans, Tom Brady round. fans. Um, right, exactly. And I mean... I will say I do think Fournette, like I definitely agree yeah, with you that he's, right. uh, I don't think he's going to be calf, capped off because of the amount of opportunities he is going to exactly. get. But I do think he is going to be mm-hmm. very efficient in the opportunities that he's going to get, more efficient than he's ever been in his career. Right. And also like, I mean, we, for the things that we talked about with Ronald Jones, and the mm-hmm. reason we weren't, like we were kind of high on him was like partly because like, uh, Tom Brady's usage of running backs in the red zone. Like I think Leonard Fournette can honestly like, yeah. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year, and I think he's going to be efficient. But mm-hmm. it's not going to matter because of how many touches he's going to get. Right. Um, but he'll still be he'll be very uh, very efficient good. for what he gets. I'll say, kind of like a Kareem Hunt. But You're right, he's right, not right. going to be. Um, I don't think he's going to be that top of the third round pick you drafted him to be. Yeah, yeah. I think I totally I totally agree with you. Um, Sell high, 100%. Um, let's talk about the next guy, DeAndre Hopkins. I had to put him on the list because I feel like right right now he's still being drafted as the wide receiver three. And this is a guy who I feel like week one is going to disappoint their owners and is going to be a situation where a lot of buy low people after week one going into week two or three are going to swoop in and be like, okay, what do you want for DeAndre Hopkins? And they're going to still try to have him they're still going to try to sell him at that high pre-draft value but you know he's had two bad weeks in a row and he hasn't looked really good in arizona and you know what i mean people are trying to buy low on him so you're going to have you're not going to really be able to make a whole ton of deals and you're going to be better off holding on to hopkins at that point than than Uh trading him away for the low draft capital that you're or uh, i say draft capital the low um value that you're going to get back in return after week two or three. So I would sell him right now because people don't know what he is. People don't know how good he is. He's still that top three player. He's still really, really good, but he can fetch you a top 10 running back. He can fetch you a top five wide receiver that you believe in. He can get you maybe even a package of picks where you get two top, you get a top 10 running back and a top 10 wide receiver in one and you give away like something a little bit lesser. So you might be taking less at each position, but you're still getting a top 10 player at each. So I feel like Hopkins at this point is, is a, is a sell just based on, he's not going to reach his top three value and, and you need to sell that now. You know what I mean? It's as opposed yeah. to waiting until after week one, when he gets seven fantasy points and he doesn't look, he's that got good. a real tough matchup week one against the San Francisco 49ers. Right. Um, People are going to be like, sell DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. <laughs> It's not necessarily like if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you want yeah. to keep him, keep him totally fine. Like that's not. I don't. I won't. I, don't I won't think judge that's you, but I will judge you. Right, but if you are going to trade him, um, I would suggest doing it before the season starts. Like you said, I, he's got the name recognition, and it's just like his schedule could be tough early on. I think mm-hmm. he has a few easy games in there, but he's got also a few tough games mixed in. So yeah, I think. Um, if you are going to trade him, I would trade him before. Because if he has a bad week one against the 49ers, teams are going to be like, oh, he's a boss. Yeah. You right. know how it is. They react off of one week. So I right. um, I would probably move on from Hopkins if you're going to trade him 
before the season starts. And like you said, people don't know how good he's going to be, if he's going to be good, if he's going to be bad um, with Arizona. So it's if people like DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to really like him right now. Yeah, um, right. So that's why you have to capitalize on it. Yeah. Um, fantasy football from here on out is going to be about trades. It's going to be about waiver wire. Um, and making the right decision at the right time can be the difference between you being, you know, one of the top teams in the league and being one of the worst teams in the league. So um, I would definitely sell Hopkins at this point as high as you can get him, which I think at this point right now is going to be the highest that Hopkins is going to be. So that's the only reason why I would say sell him now. If you go into the regular season and he gets three 20-point games in a row, obviously that would be probably a similar value that you can get him, but... You know, I I just don't think that's going to happen with Arizona. And um, I think he's a sell high candidate. Number three on our list is Cam Akers. Now, Rick led this up. He said the first guy that came to his mind was Cam Akers. So I want to hear why. Okay, so what I would, the reason you got to sell Cam Akers right Mm -hmm. now and sell high on him. If he drafted him thinking he's the next Todd Gurley and then you've kind of done a little more research afterwards and you're like, oh, that's not good. What you got to do is if you're in a league with, you know, just your friends, some some because you were saying like oh some people might not like mm. especially if you're casual like yeah. you might not know about cam Akers that much right so for them you can sell the pitch of he is replacing todd Gurley. he's mm. a rookie running back replacing todd Gurley. he's gonna be there's nobody else there's quote-unquote nobody else there and like you can sell that pitch and even if you're in a league that mm-hmm. um is very experienced i think you're there's a good chance you're going to be with somebody who's a big dynasty player and likes cam Akers, like we know in our league yeah uh the I don't want to say names, but the dog <laughs> loves his rookie running back. So loves him. Um, there's probably somebody in your league that's going to want Cam Akers. I think now is the time mm-hmm. to get rid of him. Like, and we did a sleeper mock draft on our last show. He was in, he went in the fourth round. Right. It's, he's he's not going to be that uh, that good this year. I don't think Malcolm Brown is going to start week one. Daryl Henderson is going to start some weeks. Uh, like Cam, Cam Akers is going to have probably a few good weeks, but he's in an RBBC with mm-hmm. two other players. Like they, they're going to split that the backfield three ways. I think I do think out of those three acres will probably end up with the most fantasy points, Yeah, but it's not going to be worth a fourth or fifth or even a sixth round pick. Yeah. Um, sell him right now for somebody who you, who went in the fourth, fifth round, who's actually worth that type of selection. Fair enough. Um, I'll agree with all those points. I won't say much on acres other than um, I, I, I think like we, we draft, we mock drafted yesterday in our final mock draft and um, he was in the fourth round and I am, yep. I'm astounded that at this point in, in the game, he is that high uh, on the draft board, um, especially for people who are drafting, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before Thursday night football. It's shocking to me that Cam Akers is that freaking high. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those buys that, you know, it, it's they've announced Malcolm Brown as the run, first running back on the team. They still have Daryl Henderson. Um, they're carrying four running backs on the roster. So Akers is yeah. just not going to be that guy that you want him to be. And he might earn the role. He might be good, but... Sure. I just I think it's going to take him a lot of the year and he's not going to be like that Miles Sanders buy um, that you got last year when you drafted him in the fourth round. So we'll see earlier in the season how with, with Daryl Henderson dealing with injuries, we'll see how Cam Akers kind of plays in the early portion of the season, mm-hmm. how much opportunity he gets and how good he actually is, because um, he could be a spectacular player and it could be good things. But fourth round for for Cam Akers is a lot. And um, 
for me in particular, it's like, it's one of those situations that if somebody's willing to pay for Cam Akers in that round, or like you said, that player is in a dynasty league and they know about Cam Akers and they love him, uh, then that guy's the team you target and say, hey, you want Cam Akers? And they say, heck to the yeah. And then you make a deal happen, you know? So this is the highest point that you're going to be able to, like when, when we say sell high, Especially in the early season, like week one, when we don't really know what's going on, I would say sell high because I believe this is Cam Akers' highest point. Mm-hmm. This is the time to do it. So let's talk about some buy low candidates. Um, first off is Debo. Um, Debo, man, he was what was he? What was he before he got hurt? A fourth round pick? He was yeah. He was in the same conversation as like Terry McLaurin and yeah. DJ Chark. And yep. he was fourth, ahead of fifth, he was like one spot round. ahead of those guys. Yeah, right. Um, like. It, and the conversation between those guys, he was most people's number one guy of those three. Yeah. So yeah, before he got hurt, he was he was solid like fourth, fifth round pick. Yeah. And so before, you know, obviously at that point, people were gonna buy. And I think actually there was a situation where he was gonna move up. Had he not got hurt, he was gonna move up into the third round. And I feel like which is way too high. Like I would I would have been like, Yeah, yeah. No way. Um, but Debo, you know, at this point is obviously he got injured. He's been dealing with the injury and the injury has generally recovered. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's, or I shouldn't say the injury recovered, but he recovered from the injury. Um, he's improved significantly. And they're even talking about possibly playing him week one. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if he just is it's week two or week three when he comes back. Right, right. The reason why I would say buy low right now is because when you look at his ADP, he is in the sixth, seventh, eighth, I would say seventh or eighth round at this point, and no one is purchasing Debo. His EDP is going down. And I feel like the team who has Debo Samuel is going to um, sell him at a lower value than what you would value him at, right? So if he got him in the eighth round, he might be, oh, I love Debo Samuel. You might be able to go back at him with a sixth round pick and be like, hey, I like Debo Samuel. Do you want, do you want to do a deal? And he says, sure. Um, as opposed to if he comes out of week one or week two and he has 15 fantasy points, the value is all automatically going to be like through the roof. So it's like, I feel like at this point is the lowest point you're going to get Debo. And I mm-hmm. think we've obviously talked about his upside and how good he can be um, in that 49ers office, especially when there's nobody there to catch the football. So I think Debo Sammy is going to be ridiculously good this year. And at this point, with his low value, you, I, I would run out and buy him in as many leagues as possible. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. anytime he's been on the board, like in the seventh, eighth round, mm-hmm. I was absolutely targeting him. And even if he misses week one, like he's going to be, he should be back full strength by week two, week three, okay. ready to go. Uh, let's talk about number two on our buy low list. It's Antonio Gibson. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, what do you mean? Antonio Gibson, he, isn't he up by high right now? Well, if you're an industry person, yes. <laughs> right sometimes buying into the market as high as possible is not a bad thing but what you think is high if you bought into tesla five uh i'll say 10 months ago you would have you would have made out pretty freaking good but at the time you're thinking like ah it's the highest point tesla is going to be so what are you calling cowherd right now yeah dude totally I just saw that that example earlier today, and I thought it was a very good one, so I wanted to use it. Um, did, wait, did he actually use it? No, he did not. Way? He didn't use oh. it. I would never. I would never knock off Colin Cowherd. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, uh, Antonio Gibson for me. I think. I think he's very at this point. A lot of people value value him pretty highly, and I think he's kind of in the middle. He's in that middle conversation where you could sell him high. 
but you could also buy him low. And it depends on perspective. I think Antonio Gibson is going to be a lot better than what people anticipate him being. Um, especially people who don't really follow fantasy football all that much. Um, so I feel like, I feel like you can go at the Antonio Gibson owner and be like, Hey man, I'll take, I'll give you, I'll give you a 10th. I'll give you a, you know, my eighth, ninth round selection for Antonio Gibson. And they'll probably take it, especially if the draft was like one, two weeks ago for your league. Um, so I feel like I feel like he's a good buy low candidate just because I think as soon as he comes in and he starts getting six targets a game or something ridiculous like that, and he gets like, you know, maybe maybe eight to ten rushes, which is not un, un, unthinkable. He could be getting 14, 15 opportunities a game. And, and if he's efficient enough, he could definitely be one of, you know, one of the breakout running backs that we see this year finishing as a mid range RB two, similar to how Miles Sanders did last yeah. year. So it's like if that happens, then what you're getting, Miles, what do you? I mean, uh, what you're getting, Antonio Gibson for, is is not that much. Um, so I would look at it that way, and instead of thinking like, oh, he's very high right now, and a lot of people know about him, a lot of people are talking about him because of the Washington Redskins cutting, you know, Peterson and Darius Geis, and you know the different situations surrounding Washington. I would just say buy Gibson now before he becomes ridiculously unbuyable. Absolutely, I think he's worth the buy as a bench player like you could honestly trade like two decent bench players for mm-hmm. gibson right now or even one or like one really good bench player for gibson right now and get him and i think he's worth that flyer on the bench right the red or geez i almost said the the, the washington football team did i say the redskins um, multiple times yeah i mean i was like I, I i'm trying to like stop myself from saying the redskins washington the football washington football team, football team. Um, this is washington that's all we gotta say we don't need to yeah, say football washington. team Wait, what if they, we just um, call them football team if you did, I would I would get what you're talking about immediately. Yeah, Football team Washington is going to use Gibson um, this year. Football team's really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes from uh, Ron mm-hmm. Rivera came from uh, Carolina. He loved McCaffrey. Remember when they right. drafted Antonio Gibson? Remember this was like three months ago. They he compared Antonio Gibson to Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> I know. Hold your uh, breath. That'll that'll get people to buy too high. Right. <laughs> Um, Scott Turner, I believe, is the uh, offense coordinator. Who came from now? Who is North Carolina. Turner's son? Who again loved Christian McCaffrey, and he's the one who yeah. used him heavily in the passing game. Right. So they, th- there's a very good chance that they're going to use Antonio Gibson in similar ways. Right. Uh, to what Carolina did with McCaffrey, mm-hmm. um, and really like he's got upside running the ball as well because there's right. really not too much competition. You mm-hmm. know, I heard there's um, and. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I heard there's talks that Bryce Love might get scratched for the first week. He obviously made the roster, but you know, there's not a whole, I mean, if he gets scratched week one, I'm dying for a running back in our dynasty league before the season starts in one of our dynasty leagues together. And, um, I'm having a hard time finding one. Bryce Love, I thought might get some opportunity, but I guess I got to go with Rashad Penny on the PUP. (laughs) Yikes. Um, but yeah, with, with JD McKissick and Peyton Barber, I think, Gibson can totally beat out those guys right, um, right. when it comes to running on football. So by the end of the year, I mean, he there's a chance that he could be somebody that nobody was thinking a few months ago ends up being a yeah. top five rookie running back. Definitely. Being the top five rookie running back, the top three rookie running back. Uh, the, f- the final guy on our, on our buy low list is um, J.K. Dobbins. Um, another rookie running back. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be a buy low. I, I don't know if we'll put a, on the week two buy low list. Um, 
just because there's probably going to be a lot of options. But I want to put him here now because I feel like now until week eight or now until week nine or so, he's not going to be. I really do believe J.K. Dobbins is going to be this year's Miles Sanders and and be in that vicinity of the running back 15, 16, 17 and not really break onto the scene until the latter half of the season. Um, He's shown some really, really great pass catching ability when a lot of people have said he can't really pass catch. Um, he has kind of the same, you know, opportunity pass catching wise that, you know, Swift and, um, and, and Jonathan Taylor got in college, but Dobbins has shown an, an affinity in this Ravens offense to be able to catch the ball through the air. So I feel like that's going to be one of the X factors for Dobbins, but obviously we have Mark Ingram there. It's going to be difficult for him to get the work. And I think it's going to take him a little bit for this, you know, at the beginning of the season to get to that point where he's really good. So I would buy Dobbins. Um, I would buy Dobbins at this point as low as you can get him for the next couple weeks before he does start to get better because then you're going to have to pay more. I've, I've talked to, um, different teams and, and right now I think the value is like Tyler Boyd, which is, you know, that's not a bad trade No, it's for not. Dobbins. Like if you need running back depth and that's what you've got, like give it away. You know, if you have, right. if you have Christian Kirk, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, you know, Michael Hardman guys in that vicinity and you can trade that away for JK Dobbins. I mean, I do it in a heartbeat. So, um, I don't know that the team that you're negotiating with is going to do that, but that's just what the talk has been in terms right. of what I've had in circles. So, but for me, I think Dobbins right now is somebody that you can go and buy low on and then hold on to. I know he's not going to be good earlier in the season. He might be. Hey, Mike, week one, he might be like Alvin Kamara and just freaking shred the field. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, and he could be good. Right. He could be bad. But I would buy low on him now. This feels like it does kind of feel like a Ingram Kamara type of situation. Mm-hmm. It was with the Saints. And now it's funny that Ingram's still there and it could be the same thing. It comes full I circle. Mean, I still think Ingram, like I drafted him in our mock draft. Uh, last show like i think like he can he'll still be good but and that's that's a thing that you can um pitch to the person who owns dobbins like let's say he's still kind of the backup mm-hmm. running back there right. but in reality the ravens run ran the ball 600 times last season 596 to be exact they have enough room for both guys to potentially mm-hmm. get around 200 carries if they wanted to um i don't think that's necessarily going to happen because lamar is also going to rush a lot as well right 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 and they'll probably still use Gus Edwards a little bit, but yeah, his passing upside, right. He could get like 150 carries. Um, and then it could have like throughout the season, they could use him mm-hmm. more and more as well. Right. Um, for not just week one, like you said, but throughout like the beginning of the season, um, Dobbins should be a buy on your, on your team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that'll do it for uh, the trade targets for this week. Let's say you, we move into Thursday night preview because, yeah, let's do it. Um, this is going to be really quick. Last year, we did a whole ton, a whole crap ton of matchup breakdowns, and I felt like they were really boring. So what we're going to do is preview just one game each week, okay. most likely Thursday night. I haven't decided yet. I was thinking we'd preview the game of the week for fantasy. Um, okay. But either way, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football because I feel like this game is the most interesting this week. <laughs> If we're going to be honest, if you have to look up matchups, a lot of fantasy Dallas and LA is probably the second most interesting, but uh, anyway, I think, I think saints, saints and Buccaneers actually too. Oh yeah, that's right. I totally missed that game. So anyway, we'll pick one game, either pick one game each week or just break down Thursday night, but um, we're not going to break down every single game. So 
thank God you won't have that situation. But anyway, before we jump into our th- preview of our Thursday night football game, um, so let's let's break this Chiefs Texans game down really quickly um, okay. in in similar matchup breakdown fashion from last year to bring the old memories back of the painful experiences that we. I don't think it was that bad. I don't know why you disliked it so much. I actually enjoyed it. I had like started getting back pain because I was sitting there like, and as we were doing them, I like started to slouch more and more and more. (laughs) And I don't know what it was. I I I was boring myself too much time on some matchups that we need to spend time on. Would you start Ian Thomas or Travis Kelsey? Uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey, absolutely, obviously. Um, yeah, no, no. Number one tight end this week. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so we'll, we'll go, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, uh, we'll go position by position to talk about players that we're excited about, you know, guys that you should start, sit, whatever. Um, sure. Both of these teams generally are not good matchup, are generally great matchups defensively. Um, Texans are one of the worst rush defenses in the league. The Chiefs don't have the best defense in the NFL, um, they're mediocre and they're getting better. So I think the Texans do have a little bit cut out for, you know, they have a little, it's a little tougher for them, but anyway, right. I do think it's going to be a high scoring game. Though. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of, offense. anytime you play the chiefs, it's going to be a high scoring game. So in a prime time game, I feel like on the Chiefs side, obviously you have Mahomes, you got to start him. So we'll take him out. You have Watson, you got to start him. I'll start take him, him out. Yep. So the, those two guys we're done with, but I think um, the same thing running backs, Clyde Ahmed, and David Johnson, you're both starting them, right? <laughs> Well, yes, of course. It's so many good fantasy matchups. But um, yeah, for me, I'm excited to see Clyde, obviously, week one. I don't know what the expectation is going to be. You uh, cited a report where they said that they're going to try to split it a little bit in the Just first early game. early on, I think they're going to yeah. go easy on Clyde. I think as the game goes yeah. on, they're going to give him more and more work. Now, so what is first- your expectation on the other side with, with David Johnson? Because... I've been up and down with David Johnson. I've liked him. I haven't liked him. I've liked him and I haven't liked him. And right now I'm on the haven't liked him boat and tomorrow the game starts. So I know it's, I've actually in the opposite. Oh, my AirPods just died. I'm sorry, friend. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually, the, I'm actually the opposite. Um, I, I have kind of started to like David Johnson a little bit more. Interesting. Recently. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I am though very curious to see how they're going to use him, and I am nervous about it. But I think there's a chance like he he could have a big week this week against the Kansas City defense that you know has historically struggled against running backs. And Breaking I news. They, in the passing game as well. Agreed. Um, Damian Harris has been placed on IR. Um, he's going to miss at least three weeks. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as David Johnson is for me, I feel like I don't know. I don't know what to expect in this game. He's either going to be very good or very bad, and it could go either way. To be honest with you, you'll know if you have a really good player. Who knows? Maybe he's mediocre and gets eight fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, eight fantasy points is not that good. Not no, no, I know, but uh, that's better than like getting like three. That's true. Uh, if he gets three, that's going to be such a disaster. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be better than Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hyde's... Dude, Hyde's, Hyde's on the Seahawks, so... Um, I know. Oh, you mean like Hyde last From year? From last year, yeah. Oh, okay. 
Hyde and who's the other guy that they have? He's still uh, on the team. Duke, Duke Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, he's gonna be better than both of those guys. Is what I meant to yeah. say. Not like <laughs> you're like yeah, you no, moron. He's on. He's on the Texans. Like shut up, dude. <laughs> no, uh, I do think Duke Johnson's still gonna be involved in the passing game, but David Johnson's yeah. just gonna take the carries that Hyde got, and then I think he might, you know, yeah. maybe split Duke Johnson with the receiving game. So I think right. he can have a good week. Yeah, Definitely yeah. The start. Not bad. Uh, the interesting spots are wide receivers. So we have Will Fuller um, and Brandon Cooks. Would you be willing to start both of those guys in this game? Um, I think if you drafted one of them and you have to start one, I would like this is stick with it and good, go. It's a good matchup to do so. Yeah. So I would. Um, but if you have better options for both guys, then I'd rather go in that direction. But yeah, I think. Um, it's a good matchup for both Will Fuller mm-hmm. and Brandon Cooks. So if you do have them on your team, you need to start one of those guys. Right. I'd be okay with doing it this week. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'd also say uh, on the other side, you have Michael Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Tyreek Hill. I would, you know, like I said, the Texans don't have the best defense. So I think there's an opportunity there for Hardman to have a good game. So if you're gonna start him, it's not like if you desperately need a flex play for this week. Like I'm feeling, I feel like if if you have if you have a situation where uh, your flex is not good enough to start anyone good after your draft, and you're you're in trouble anyway. But if you have to go Michael Hardman for week one because you don't have anything in your flex that can do really good things, or you have bad matchup on the other end, then it's not a bad play. Obviously, start Tyreek Hill, um, but. Right. In my opinion, I think Hardman should stay on your bench this week unless you desperately need him. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, and then as far as the tight ends, definitely starting in Thomas over. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Kidding. No, Kidding, no friends. Um, so I, I think that'll do it. That'll do it for the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast uh, for our week one kind of or our week one trade targets and our little preview of Thursday night football tomorrow. We are, I don't even remember what we're talking about, but be sure to check it out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow, friends. Football season. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the fantasy champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF champs. <laughs>